We at The Daily Brew take the Bible and the study of it very seriously. Have you ever wondered where we or our special guests go when we want to dive into God's Word more deeply? We go to Logos, the best Bible software available. From in-depth word studies in the original languages to commentaries from scholars both new and old, there are lexicons and grammars and sermons and collected works of heroes of the faith, and even ancient texts for the serious Bible students. Never before has so many great tools been bundled together into one software. To learn more about this incredible ministry, call 888-390-7341. That's 888-390-7341. While you're there, go ahead and tell them that you heard about this incredible software on The Daily Brew. You are busy. You are always on the go, but are you making time for you? The Y is dedicated to helping you stay active, live better, and find the best possible version of you. From basketball courts to functional training space, indoor pools, and yoga studios, the best of Knoxville is right in your backyard. Group classes and personal trainers that will challenge and encourage you. The Y has something for everyone. Join the Y and get unlimited access to all five locations. From the heart of downtown Knoxville to Farragut and Halls, all with no contracts. For a better us. This is the Daily Brew. We are here with uh, Jeff Vanderstelt. Uh, he has recently written a book called Gospel Fluency. Uh, thank you very much for joining our show. It's good to be with you. Thank you. We have been looking through your book and just looking through some of the themes in it, and we wanted to ask you a couple questions on it. One of the first questions uh, we wanted to ask is, what did you mean by, and what does the title mean, Gospel Fluency? Well, it's the concept of fluency in general. When we, when we learn a language, we learn it so well that we, if we become fluent in it, we begin to interpret the world through it. We process thoughts, emotions, experiences through it. So both what comes in gets interpreted through that language and what, what we, what's inside of us gets interpreted through that language. And then what we then speak out, of course, is that language. And we, when we're fluent, we don't even think about the, those three things. It's just happening. It's, you know, when, when you become fluent in a language, you dream in it. It's, it's just part of the way that you, you live and exist. And so the idea behind gospel fluency is that if we're born again by the gospel, then in a sense it should start to become more of our mother tongue. It should be the way in which we perceive the world. Uh, it should help us understand, is this in line with God's intent for humanity? Does, how does this line up with the, the story of God's redemption in Jesus Christ? How do I process my thoughts, my emotions, my experiences internally through the truths of the gospel? Like Paul says, I take captive every thought, making it obedient to Christ. And then how do I learn then to speak that out and into the everyday stuff of life? So it's not this kind of forced 
gospel presentation, but rather the good news of Jesus is flowing off my lips because it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. So it's all of that that I mean when I use the, the words gospel fluency. So how would one develop a better gospel fluency like with any language you have to practice? Uh, what are some ways one could better develop or how? what do you recommend for that? Well, I think first of all, you need to actually know it. So you need to know the elements of the gospel, kind of like in a language, you got to learn the grammar and you got to learn the vocabulary. And so for us, we've got to learn the what is the gospel in terms of the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, we understand that gospel inside inside of the larger narrative of the redemptive plan of God from Genesis to Revelation. Just like in any language, you got to learn the, the story or the culture of a language so that you understand what why words mean certain things in certain cultures. And then I think you've got to immerse yourself in a gospel community where people are regularly rehearsing these truths and speaking them. And you're hearing them both through the preaching of the word when you gather with a larger body, but you're also practicing them in conversation with God's people on a regular basis. So it really takes, I think, all of that, just like if you're learning a language, you would learn vocabulary, you'd learn grammar, you would learn culture and history, and then you would immerse yourself in a speaking culture that really helps you to hear it and speak it on a regular basis. That is very helpful. Another, I saw in another interview, we were looking at a few interviews you did on, on this book, made this statement that uh, some know how to share the gospel uh, presentation, but not one that speaks to actual longings of the heart of a unique individual. Could you explain um, why people are able to make a gospel presentation, but we don't understand how to apply it in a basic situation or to show how it's a, it's a need of a person? And how could you transform that gospel presentation into a way that actually is relatable to others? Yeah, and I don't know if this is true for all Christians, but I know for me, I grew up uh, being taught how to do a bridge diagram or how to do Romans Road or, you know, there was these different ways of presenting the gospel, which I, I in no way want to discount. I think that they can be helpful. However, each one of those presentations is answering a question or uh, it's responding to a, a, a need. And so those are helpful if someone's saying, okay, we're how do I bridge the gap, the, the big chasm between me and God? Or how do I spend eternity with him in heaven? Or how do I deal with the legal requirements of the law that I can't uphold like Romans deals with? So those are dealing with real needs. The problem is, is those aren't necessarily the questions or the needs that are the longings of every single person. Hmm. Some people are saying, how do I deal with the 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 past and the way that I've been wounded or the disappointments I've gone through in life or the, the way I felt abandoned by people, especially maybe my father, and therefore my idea of God has been completely destroyed. And so I, I, I need to be able to learn and we need to be able to learn how to speak the gospel to those unique needs and those unique longings and those unique disappointments. And so the gospel does speak to all of that. I mean, the, it's not just about how do I avoid hell when I die. It's not just how do I become right before God in terms of justification. It's also by his wounds we are healed, Isaiah 53. So it deals with healing. And uh, it's that there's authority now given to Christ over all things. So when we face a world where we feel like it's 
bigger and more powerful than us, we can look to not just the cross, but the resurrection of Jesus that shows us there's power for what we're facing in this world today. And so what I want to do is teach people how to pay attention to the longings, the disappointments, the fears, the insecurities of a person, and then be so versed in the gospel that they know how to speak the truths of Jesus to those situations. And therefore, the gospel is powerful, it's dynamic, it has the ability to bring salvation to all aspects of life, not just my afterlife. I think I heard uh, Tim Keller once uh, explain it in word. It's uh, out narrating the culture, showing everyone has a narrative the way they see the world, and we're to show how the gospel offers a better narrative, a better solution to the world's problems. So, amen, that's a, that's a great explanation there. Um, we always try to toss in a couple fun questions for our listeners uh, just about you. So whenever you're not uh, working or writing um, and helping out with, uh, is it Acts 29, I believe, and then Soma as well, or both? Yeah, I'm, I presently uh, lead Doxa Church now in Bellevue, Washington, okay. um, and I oversee the Soma family of churches. Okay. And then I have a not-for-profit that I also started called Saturate, uh, so that we can uh, equip people to bring gospel saturation to key cities in North America and beyond. Mm-hmm. So those are the three things I give most of my time to. So whenever you're not doing those, what do you do for fun? <laughs> yeah, in the, in the, the cracks of my life. Uh, I like to golf. Uh, so actually my elders regularly ask me if I've been golfing because that's a sign that I'm slowing down. Golf forces me to slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it slows me down too much because I hit too many balls. But <laughs> uh, it's a it's a good way to practice slowing down in my life. Uh, I also love to snowboard or ski. I uh, don't get to do that as much as I'd like, but I uh, did get up on the mountain this last year with my kids, and that was fun. So that's another thing I enjoy. And then I really I love I love good movies. Uh, my wife and I, along with the kids as well, love to watch a movie and then even talk about what's the worldview behind this and what is it mm. informing us and how do we begin to think uh, effectively with the gospel in light of this this movie. So those are some of the – and then I'm a bit of a foodie. I like to – I love really good food, and I probably – I like to cook when I have time, so I love to cook for my family if possible. So. I'm listening to a book right now, actually an audio book of Mike Cosper is doing on uh, movies and how to – why do we love television uh, again – how to look at it through the gospel in. So it's a, it's a pretty exciting to hear that. Um, and then one last question. Uh, do you have any favorite writers, whether it be fiction, church history, theology? Uh, do you have uh, maybe a handful that you can share with us? Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy Newbigin on missiology. Uh, I've definitely appreciated Keller's works. Uh, certainly, uh, Salheimer is really helpful with Old Testament. Uh, I, in terms of um, just outside of the theology, church history, I like Cormac McCarthy. Uh, I think he's a very creative writer. I actually grew in my writing ability by reading him a bit, um, just to get outside of my our Christian genre and read some good fiction. Uh, so he's very, very, very gifted writer. Uh, so those are some of the people I really enjoy. I've definitely enjoyed Clowney. He's helped me a lot with thinking about uh, the Bible, all, all directing whole... us towards Jesus. How do I begin to read the text in light of him, as, along with Cindy Gradanus? Uh, I really appreciate He's his my favorite writer. That as well. He's my, fa- he's my favorite writer. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. So. And there, I mean, I, I love I love all kinds of writers. I could probably go on and on and on because I absolutely love books. But those are the ones that immediately come to my mind. I've really appreciated Steve Timmis and Tim Chester as well mm. in really helping us think through what it looks like to be a gospel community on mission. They definitely have influenced me a lot, and they're good friends of mine that I really love. Mm. Amen. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. It's uh, it's definitely been a blessing. 
Thank you. It's good to be with you. Awesome. You have a good day, okay? Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that this broadcast will be used to strengthen your faith and your love for the local church. The Daily Brew is a listener-supported broadcast. We exist because of generous donors such as yourself. If you're interested in having your business advertised on our show, please reach out to us through our Facebook page or our website at www.yourdailybrew.com. At pizza. Pizza! Where do we at the Daily Brew go when we want good pizza? Snappy Tomato. Not only is it good, but they also have the Beast, which is great for a church or a small group setting. Bro, bro, Jeremy, I will give you 20 bucks if you can eat the Beast by yourself. On the spot. You're going to lose $20. Matter of fact, Jeremy will give $20 to anyone who can eat an entire beast in one setting. Okay, maybe you won't do that, but there. It is amazing. It is enormous. There's no way one person can eat it. It is big enough for an entire small group, I know from experience. Considering I'm a beast, I think I can take on the beast. With several convenient locations such as Washington Pike, Seymour, Hardin Valley, and Farragut, Snappy Tomatoes close by the neighborhood near you. Let-